Sutton lived in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? What a dump. So Sutton, you hadn't met Christian yet. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So you hadn't met Christian. I was dating Christian. She met Christian at 14 years old. Yeah. 14, Jesus Christ. We met so many amazing people. I was so much fun of being with Merce. Can I say something? I know you love Merce, but Merce was in a Ziploc bag. Merce is in the purse. Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Epping Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. How are you? I'm good. How was Melbourne? So fun. Aww. I love Melbourne. I went and saw the Groundhog Day musical and I would go and see it again. It was great. So good. Oh, I, I just got that now. Ha ha ha. You can hear my dogs in the background because they're just being total cunts today. They won't shut up. Let them live, I say. Mummy didn't take them to the park today. She just oh, wasn't in the yeah. mood. You know, the modern woman, we can't have it all. We can't do everything. <laughs> the arthritis is making the bottom of my feet and my legs hurt. And then when I get my period, my oh, legs Jesus. are a little swollen <laughs> to begin with. Uh-huh. So it's just, it's not my day. Yeah, sounds like a lot's going on. <laughs> so everyone on the Housewives is going to cop it because I was just talking to my bestie. And you know when you can just hear yourself whinging about everything? It's like, oh, yeah, everyone's uh-huh. everyone's going to cop it today. Oh, good. Let them have it. Yeah, um, everyone's a cunt today. Honestly, no wonder we never get sponsors. I've said the word cunt three times in the first 30 seconds. Oh, anyway, actually, that reminds me. I did read one of our reviews and some lovely person was like something about I'd pay for a Patreon once a week isn't enough. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm enough for myself once a week. Who are these people? Like, they're just angels. So thanks for that. That comment made my day. I'm like, really, bitch? <laughs> yeah, we don't believe you, but we appreciate you. <laughs> Correct. I don't know who's thinking they can handle me more than once a week. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, clearly not Linda Yoga Pants. She hasn't ever said anything ever again. <laughs> R.I.P. Linda Yoga Pants. What I want to know is, do you still wear yoga pants? Because those things are fucking warm. Who's like oh. sweating in their pants? Oh, I never thought of it like that. Oh, well, the shit I think of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to hear what you think of this week's episodes. So do you want to do Beverly Hills or Vanderpump? I feel like let's do Vanderpump because it's fresh. I concur. The episode is called Notes on a Scandal, which I thought was kind of fun. I love that. I love that movie. Yeah, I know, right? I just think, you know, I love character actresses. Yeah. And old school glamour and Kate Blanchett and was a Judy Dench. Like, fuck, man. They put them in everything. And just chuck in some Meryl and you're sold. Meryl's oh, coming out with a new, I think it's a new movie or a new TV show. And I was looking at like the preview. I don't even know which one it was. And I'm like, oh, well, Meryl's in it. Of course I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm sat. Exactly. So I kind of loved the opening credits where I noticed that Ariana was holding out the teacup like LVP did in the earlier seasons in the Uh opening credits. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I was more just thinking like this sandwich shop isn't even open as far as I'm aware. I did think that. (laughs) What are we pretending here? It's a merch shop. It's like Schwartz and Sandy's 2.0. Yeah. Get open already. How hard is it to make a Sanger? Well, they were doing taste tests like a year ago, right? Like, come on. I remember that there were news articles about, okay, news articles in the page six. <laughs> there were articles where they had to 
like knock down and redo like the front facade courtyardy bit because it wasn't up to code or some shit. Well, it gets to stepping. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm waiting for LVP to sit them down and do the whole, when are you going to open, when are you going to open? Yeah. Anyway, so we start off with a bunch of smaller opening scenes. We see Ariana making her own coffee. Remember how Dickhead One used to make her morning coffees? Oh, uh, yes. And I just want to have a little conversation about this cinnamon pen. Did you know these things existed? It took my breath away. Oh, <laughs> do not tell me you learn nothing from reality TV. I'm Googling this shit and then I'm like, I don't have milk in my coffee, so what kind of artwork can I do with this? I just need a cinnamon pen, quite frankly. I would like one. And I was starting to think, like, is this one of her sponsorship deals? Like, She needs to get on that because wow. that thing just, you know, the Americans, they have fucking everything. See, mm. I reckon all of our listeners are going to be like, yeah, we've all got one. Yeah. <laughs> we don't and we need we that shit. We just got stuff. pens with fucking ink in them, not cinnamon. We need that shit. Question. Why the fuck is Sheena back living in Marina Del Rey? What's with this Marina Del Rey? It's so far away from everything. Why? Beats me. I always sort of think of LA as like everything's far away. Marina Del Rey is far, man. We covered it on the show. I remember like I didn't bother with the Google Maps this time, but I remember we did it before and it's like an hour and a bit of like fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but is it under a flight path? <laughs> it's not under a flight path like James's house. God, that made me laugh. So these guys get like 30, 40 grand an episode. Yeah. How is it 11 seasons later they still can't afford a house? Like what are they spending their money on? Well, I don't think they're good with money management. I think they're spending it all on drugs, man. Well, now you said because it. Because obviously we all know that when these guys party all night, they're not just drinking. If anyone mm. thinks they're just drinking, you are deluding yourself. Well, J- James is having coffee at night, so he's up. Yes, well, that's true. But everyone else. <laughs> and I did think it was funny that Dickhead 2 is back in a rental apartment. I'm like sucked in, suck a fart. This Dickhead 2? Yeah. Him being on Winter House, like did that change anything for you? Like, I, I felt like he was trying to do a bit of a comeback narrative and, like, ease us into him again through Winterhouse and, like, the Woe Is Me storyline. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't think I do either. No. But he is inherently sort of charming and I can find myself in the future maybe falling for his puppy dog shtick again. In the future maybe, but not now. Not, not now. now. <laughs> I feel okay. like his narrative is playing the victim. Yeah. And I'm catching shrapnel from the grenade thrown at Tom. But at the same time, it's like, dude, Raquel told us at the reunion in the final episode in the last 10 minutes that the two of them would hook up in your apartment. So Mm. don't act like you didn't know and weren't facilitating this affair. And facilitating the storyline that Ariana was withholding. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, there was a lot going on there that he's not acknowledging anymore. It's sort of just like, oh, Sandoval had an affair and then leaving it at that. And it's like, well. I concur. And he's not acknowledging his culpability and why everyone's got the shits in him. Yeah, agreed. Next scene is Ariana with Katie at Ariana's house. Dickhead One is out doing, what was that show, the SAS Special Forces? Special Forces or something. Yeah, yeah. whatever. No one cares. I did think it's funny. They start talking about the sandwich shop because they're going to go shopping for vintage teacups. Then Katie says in confessional that everything is falling into place with the sandwich shop. I'm like, how is it falling into place? It's been a year. 
and it's it's a sandwich. Just you know, put some bread out there and sell it. I know. Get a cart out the front. Some. Yeah. And we find out that Tom had told Ariana that he wants to buy her out of the house. And my theory is take the fucking money and run, right? Mm. But we all know he can't afford to. And then in something I read somewhere that he apparently had offered her $3.1 million or $3 million and they bought it for two or $2.1. It's like, where are you getting the money for this? You can't afford it. Don't lie. But I also think he's, yeah, basing it off value it bought, but not value now. And then I think maybe that's why Ariana's like, no, well, if we sell it now, then I'm getting more money. Well, also, it's it's the fact that it's their house, they're going to get more eyes on it and therefore potentially yeah. more offers. But I also think Ariana just is an inherently stubborn person. Yes. And she wants to fuck him over. And all power to your mama. That's it. And she said, why should I move out and you get to stay here? Yeah. Just take the money and run because inevitably you're going to be giving money to lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there if I were her, like looking at the penis flute that's been taped together. Like I would want to get out of there and that mess of a room he has. No, I, I don't want to live there. The mess of a room she had? Yeah. That was messes. nuts. Who can live in that chaos? How busy <laughs> are these people? They have assistants. What? Okay. I tried to Google do reality stars really need a personal assistant? Nothing's coming up, obviously. But do they really? Mm. Do they really need an assistant? I someone needs to tell me why these people would need an assistant because they all fucking got one. Because they're lazy, and they want one. I'm like, do they really need one? Like, I get why you're filming. You're busy. I don't know. I need more information on this because I don't necessarily believe that that is a wage they need to be spending money on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Unless they have other businesses, which I guess some of them do. I don't know. I'm not buying it. So, yes, we did talk about the penis flute getting glued back together. What, what did you think about the postcard? Yeah, the lightning bolt postcard. What? Okay. We all know now that Rachel and Tom are just slinging shit at each other on their respective podcasts. But yeah. as of filming, this was uh-huh. three months after the fact. She's still in the rehabs. They've been sending each other mail and packages, which I do recall reading articles about that. So it's not that I was oblivious to that fact. But at the same time, I'm like, what switched between three months after and now Mm -hmm. that she fucking hates his guts? I don't know, but I just think it's just so fucking sad at this point to be sending lightning bolt merch across the country. Like, grow up, doll. Like, it's sad. And also, like, You've been in intense therapy for three months. I don't know. I'm just, am I expecting too much from this Rachel that she, I don't know. I don't know what's going on Mm, or how mm -hmm. I, I don't know why I find this stupid, but I think it's stupid. The guy blew up your whole life and you still want contact with, I don't know. I mean, she's figured it out now that he's a piece of shit, but she's a slow learner. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Then we go to Sheena's. And I'm not exactly sure why, like why we're there. It's like not much happens, but she and Brock are sitting on the infamous couch and tell. Oh, God. And basically we know that this is a setup scene. She's getting PTSD from her couch now. Like I can't with this Sheena this season so far. I love me some Sheena, so I'm giving how, her grace. How she manages to play the victim about everything. I know. It's outrageous. She does have anxiety in the OCD, so it, she kind of has an 
not an excuse, but a reason. And she just got diagnosed with OCD three months prior or a month prior or whatever it was she said. So she's going through a transitioning phase, I hope. I'm giving her grace, clearly. But she and Brock talk about the fact that after Dickhead One's bestie Ali died, they reached out to him and she's found out that he has blocked them. He's blocked everything relating to them, including Summer Moon's Insta account. So I'm kind of on Tom's side for that one. I thought you like, would I don't be. want to see a kid's Instagram account. I'm blocking that shit. And, of course, it's run by Sheena. So if you want to block Sheena, yeah, you block her accounts. I don't really get that as a personal attack on the kid. It's not a personal attack. It just goes to show his self-involvedness. Isn't she self-involved to have an Instagram for her kid? No, people do. People, people yeah, have instances for their do dogs. That. Well, that I get. <laughs> I see what you're saying about him unfollowing everything relating to them. But my question is, he blew up his own life. He is at fault. Why is he blocking them? Well, yeah, that is a good point. It's just, I guess it's just like if you don't want to see people on social or you don't want them to see you, you block them. That's just what you do. On Summer Moon's account, it's not like Sheena's posting photos of Summer Moon with her parents. It's just of her. So what, you hate a kid now? No, travesty. Well, no, if he doesn't want Sheena to see his stuff, then he can block her. Why? She's just going to log in on Summer Moon and then look at his stuff. What do you mean? Sheena's going to see all his stuff on the page six. <laughs> You're right. I'm thinking of their real regular people, not, not celebrities. I don't want you to see my stuff because I blew up my whole life. <laughs> Where's the humility in this dickhead? Doesn't he want to make amends? He's like, you rejected me because I fucked up your best friend and therefore you don't get me anymore. Like, what, what's his logic bubble? His logic is fuck you and fuck your kid too. And I uh, preach. Well, then he deserves to be alone. He deserves to be rejected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He deserves to sit in his sad little bedroom trying <laughs> to play his busted up tennis flute. <laughs> So then we're at Lala's and she cries to her mama about her custody battle. Fair enough. And I'm only mentioning this because I'm hoping that this is a setup for something later because otherwise why are we leaving it in? Mm -hmm. A couple of these scenes, I'm like, why are they in here? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's episode one of a new season. We're sort of just touching base and it's a bit filler. Yeah. So we find out her brother has moved into a unit next door in her building. I'm assuming we find this out because we're going to get more scenes of him on the show. Oh, that'd be nice. So, again, I'm not exactly sure why there's a point to this scene. Do you want to share anything else about the scene with Lala? Oh, I got nothing. Same. And then Dickhead 2 and James meet for a beverage. That was kind of fun. Yeah. It was kind of like the first real scene, right? Yeah. Dickhead 2 buys James a plant and a candle for his new house. He says that the candle smells like citrus puss, so that's now a thing. <laughs> okay, whatever. That doesn't sound like a, a winning smelling combo. In I'm not opinion. lighting that candle. Let's no, just say that. I'm not lighting that candle either. I don't like citrus. <laughs> Dickhead two bitches about Scandival and how it affected him. It, as much as Sheena plays the victim, so does Tom. And when he's like, I'm wearing Schwartz and Sandy merch again, like I'm finally able to leave the house wearing merch. It's like, oh, congratulations. Do you want a ticker tape parade, mate? You're wearing your own merch. Such first like, of all problems. What? But he did remind me anyway of how Dickhead 1 was so insistent on calling 
their new bar, Schwartz and Sandy's, and named yeah. it after themselves and how that's obviously backfired because he campaigned for it hardcore. Well, as I remember, and also, like, I think Katie was, like, when she was still with Tom, she was like, yeah, this is a bad name. Yeah. And then Sandoval was sort of like, oh, you're only saying that because of Katie. Katie's a fucking bitch. And he, like, spun it on, like, Katie being evil. Yeah. When really, I think they were right. Like, it's not the best name. We all hated it. It was stupid. But then we do find out that, well, not find out, but he does remind us that apart from the scandal of it all, in the same year, he got divorced and his brother was diagnosed with cancer. So, yeah, he's had a fucking heavy year. I give him that. Yeah. But to me, the scandal is a cherry on the top. It's not a Mm -hmm. thing that, it's not a real thing that happened to him like mm-hmm. the divorce and his brother getting sick. They're yeah, real yeah. things. Yeah, they're real. I don't know. James seems very cool with Dickhead 2 now, even though last season, you know what I mean, like he kissed Raquel. James obviously wasn't oh, yeah. happy about that. But now he's seen they're very cool. And to me the point of this whole scene is we find out that James is now sober, well, California sober. I think that's sober. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really proud of him. He seems to now be not drinking for himself, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think for the show, it's good that he can hang out with Dickhead too. And we need the, some relationships to be repaired. Of like course. as funny as it is to see Ariana hating on Dickhead too and like ignoring him, yeah. like well, we're going to need some group scenes. That's exactly what Dickhead 2's going on about, that Ariana still hates him. And they talk about the fact that James is DJing at Tom Tom the next day and they're going to see each other again, scene set up. I don't know. Do we want to talk about this spa day with Sheena and Ariana? Is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, I didn't take a single note for that spa day. I'm like, I am not recapping toilet training. I refuse. (laughs) I guess the only thing about this scene that I liked, which was when we get Tom in confessional reading the text that Ariana sent him before she blocked him. That was funny. In response to him saying on Watch What Happens Live that if anyone sees dickhead one they should give him a hug she texts him fuck you blocking your number go choke on sandoval's dirty ass dick somewhere (laughs) when ariana is in a rage exactly she's a poet the main scene is this one when we're at tom tom oh we do see them getting ready beforehand and ariana facetimes her boyfriend and I, you know, cute, whatever. yeah obviously we're going to get more scenes of him so i get it Mm -hmm. we get a ken sighting which you know You always love a Ken sighting because it's like, oh, Oh, he's still with us. That's great. Yeah. Lala looks fucking fire. Her hair. I know that the fringe is a big controversy at the moment. The housewife fringe. Wait, what's the housewife fringe? Oh, you didn't see Lisa Barlow posted that she got bangs, as the Americans say, a fringe. And people were like, undebut it. Like people (laughs) hated it. Look, Lisa Barlow is a beautiful woman. The bangs just don't suit her. She looks fine, yeah, but they don't elevate her look. And so okay. people were commenting on that. And so same with Lala. But Lala had bangs in this scene. Like, obviously, they were clip-ins or whatever. And I thought she looked stunning with them. It's just nice to see her outside of the Send It to Daryl merch. It is. She looked perfection in that catsuit. Her hair was on fuego. I honestly think her in this scene was one of the best looks she's ever done. Okay. I couldn't stop staring at her face. So She bangs, she bangs. She bangs, she bangs, exactly. It was kind of... Well, auspicious, I guess, when we see Katie and Ariana walking in and 
they give us a side-by-side side of the same shot when they were walking in at the TomTom Tom opening. Oh, yeah. I definitely had some feels about that. They just, to me, they look so different. They're not as demure. They're the future. It's just, I think with what they've gone through, they just look so much more grown up. Mm-hmm. And it's a pity that they had to go through that to grow up. But they really have. They've come a long way, these two. Mm-hmm. And it's all because they don't have those dickhead men anymore. And is Katie not dating Satchel? Whatever happened to Satchel? He's not a thing anymore. Oh, I'm sad. Satchel was a lose. <laughs> Satchel was a full Satchel. I mean, Satchel. Satchel wasn't your bag, baby. He, I'm like, why didn't his parents just call him handbag? <laughs> Change your name like everyone else on this fucking show, honestly. <laughs> Sat Kel. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> okay, we need to move on from that. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting skeeved. So all the girls are kind of sitting together. They're sitting with Lisa. They toast, they cheers, whatever. And then Lala wants to chat with Lisa alone. She wants to talk about Rachel and how she's starting to empathise with her because she thinks that Tom is another Randall. Mm. You know, it's that typical example of putting your experience on something else, even though it doesn't quite fit. What do you think? I sort of think it's... Maybe producers said to Lala, or Lala self is self-producing, and she was like, it'd be nice to have Rachel involved in this season. Yeah. We're in the zeitgeist because of Rachel yep. and this scandal. Like, let's try and keep it alive. I'm going to go out into the back and give her a call. Like, that's what it feels like to me. And the TomTom dump is nowhere near the Sir dump. It's like a teeny tiny balcony. I do like that it's got levels. I liked that it was elevated. You like that the dump had levels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's all surprised at Lala showing empathy considering all the haterade that Lala had for her. And we get a little montage of flashes of Lala hating on Rachel. Hashtag Bambi-eyed bitch. Yeah, it was great. That was the best part of that scene. (laughs) Then we go back to Sheena and Katie. So they're kind of recapping everything that happened in the time that filming wasn't happening for three months, kind of. So Sheena apologises to Katie for bringing up on camera that she told Schwartz that Katie was getting laid and saying that Katie gave Dickhead to and Rachel her blessing, which she didn't. Mm -hmm. Again, the scene is highlighting that the Scandoval brought them back together and they're getting along. That's it. And that's when we get the scene of Lala at the level dump leaving the voice memo. So, (laughs) And then, you know, we get this weird montage of them inside Tom Tom dancing, having fun, mixed with images of Scandoval and Ariana screaming at him over kind of a emo style pop song. What what did you make of that little clip thing? Yeah. Like strange, I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit strange. It was all about, you know, returning to the scene of the reveal, which is more important than the scene of the couch, like 100%. in Sheena's house. So I got it. I know. I guess it was kind of like, okay, now we've caught you up. Mm-hmm. We're moving forward. Yes. So it's the next day or whenever we're at Dickhead 2's. He's trying to make juice. Katie arrives to get her dogs. I'm like, are these two still sharing the dogs? (laughs) Well, what else are they going to do? They're going to give them to Katie. Yeah. The fact that she has to go pick them up and drop them off, does that not say it all? That says it all. Anyway, she sits and accepts some sort of health drink shot thing, but in confessional, the way that she talks about him, it's obvious she's only talking to him, A, because of the dogs, and B, because of the show. She fucking hates his guts, which is fair enough. I'm surprised she accepted a drink in that hovel. I know, right? And then this dickhead asks Katie to say something to Ariana on his behalf. Grow up. The gall. 
The temerity. Like, I know she's blocked you, but maybe send her a postcard. Fight like, your own battles. Knock on her oh door. Oh, no, don't <sighs> knock on her door. If someone doesn't want to talk to you, you don't go up to their door. That's oh, yeah, fucking rude. Point. But he's acting like he's got no other options. I know. Just send a handwritten note. That'd be lovely. Send, like, some, you know, a gift basket. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. But don't ask your ex, who you've fucked over that many times, to go to bat for you. Fuck mm-hmm. off. Fuck off. And this is why I love Katie. She can read him and read the situation and she basically tells him to do it himself. Yeah. And I love when he tells her that Dickhead One is going to boot camp and she just ha- claps back immediately with, I hope he cries. And I'm pretty sure he did cry a lot, right? That's the T. He did cry a lot, which... I just love the fact that her, like, just with a split second passed and she's like, <laughs> I hope he cries. I just love her. She's so funny. Then we get ladies night out and Katie tells them that this dickhead has pet bugs. Yeah. I, like, is he even savable at this point? Yeah. I, I, it is tough, isn't it? Like, I, If he wasn't good looking, like if he was a real Fuggles, <laughs> would anyone pay Mm-mm. this man any attention? Mm-mm. Like nah. he walks around barefoot, he has pet bugs, he's the only character on this show that if it wasn't for the other dickhead would have nothing. He used a lemon wedge as deodorant. This man should not be in polite society. I reckon that he would be one of those living in the basement, playing video games kind of guy at his mum's house if he didn't happen to have a pretty face. Yeah. Because out of all of them, even though, like, you know, you you grow up, you you inevitably put weight on, all that stuff, out of all of those men, he's the only one that still has a pretty face. Yeah. Really? Like none yeah. of like Jax was hot season one. He's a and fat then, fuck now. He's not <laughs> a, like he's got those um. What's that Looney Tunes dog character with the jowls? Like look at me <laughs> pulling them out. This you know I'm old now. I've got them. I've got them too, buddy. Like it's called perimenopause. What's your excuse, Jax? But like he has jowls, right? Like yeah. he looks like he's gotten his wisdom teeth out. He's got puffy. What do you uh-huh. call this? They are jowls. That's a part of the body, right? Jowls. Yeah, that's yeah. the word for it. I know my English. But, yeah, this it almost annoys me that this dickhead too still has a pretty, pretty face. <laughs> I'm annoyed. His looks are wasted on him. Yeah. I just think he just looks like he needs a shower, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, enough about ragging on dickhead too. Katie does, though, tell Ariana that Dickhead 2 misses her. Do you reckon a producer made her do it? Because I can't see well, her doing it. Yeah, I mean, you've got to talk about something on TV. I guess. And this is when Lala wants to play devil's advocate and says that Schwartz has been mentally abused by Dickhead 1 for years. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of true. <laughs> I'm like, this girl's got to be in therapy. I don't know where she's getting these, these thoughts from. I feel like... Lala's, I don't know if she realises yet, but she's beginning an anti-Ariana tear because she's jealous because she thinks that everyone should have treated her like that. You reckon? When she's gone through a similar situation and now there's resentment building and that's starting, because we see it in the trailers that it's coming. Yeah. And I think it's starting by pointing out other victims 
right. saying like it's not just Ariana, it's not just Ariana. Like that's like the Easter egg that's right. going to balloon, <laughs> which is oh, a weird aren't metaphor, you clever. into um, her sort of being more anti-Ariana because Ariana is thriving. I get now why we had that little scene with Lala and her mum because she was sort of saying like because of what I went through with Randall, like I don't trust people and I'm hard and angry and I can't, I don't want to live in that space forever. Mm. which if she's not in therapy, which I'm sure she is, like this is the start of her going like, you know, I want to change. Yeah. So, but as you seem to think, she's not necessarily going to change for the better at first, at least. And then somehow we get onto the Lala asking Ariana if she actually likes her. Yeah, because Ariana, as much as we love her, she's a hard ass. Yeah, she's always been aloof towards Lala. Yeah. But then I think because... Ariana and Sheena are besties and Lala and Sheena's relationship has gone hot and cold for many years, I can get why she'd be like, you know what, I don't trust this bitch, I'm off her. So, like, I can get why she was just like, I'm not forging a friendship Mm -hmm. with you. But she says she loves her and I agree. How can you? I love Lala. Me too. And then Lala cries and that's when we get in confessional. Yeah, she's saying that Ariana's always been aloof to her And they hug it out and Lala wants to talk about Rachel and the last five minutes of reunion. This is what she seemingly is producing in this episode. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't want her to have to wear that for the rest of her life. She says that she left a voice memo last night. Did you see Katie's face? Mm. It's like Katie was watching like, well, last season of Vanderpump because she's like eating fries and staring (laughs) like she's glued to the TV. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of really into Katie this episode. I know. And I'm thinking, Lala, it's only been three months. Like, leave Ariana alone. Yeah. And if someone wants to start an apology tour for Rachel, it needs to be Rachel. Yes. Ariana says in confessional, like, how Lala reacted when people wanted to still speak to Randall. She was like, well, I'm cutting you out. Yeah. And I know that on Watch What Happens Live, Lala said it's not the same thing because Rachel isn't Tom. Like, she gets why everyone would cut Scandival out. Mm. It's different. She was one of Ariana's very good friends. She's equally as culpable in Ariana's eyes. Oh, totally. They all tell her that it's not the same thing, which it's not. And, of course, Sheena's, like, brings up the TRO. And, again, Sheena's making it about her. But also, Lala, you're Sheena's friend, and she did try to get a TRO against your very good friend. There are other reasons why Lala shouldn't be giving this bitch grace. So mm-hmm. somehow they hug it out. I would not be okay if I was Ariana, but they seem to be fine for now. But I think you're right. I think this is like a brooding Easter egg mm-hmm. of what's to come with Lala. Yeah, yeah. And then the last scene is Dickhead One arriving home after he flunked out of the reality show. And <laughs> he says, hello, no one's there. And he goes to his room. We get the season trailer, the end. It's going to be so good. It was an okay first episode, but there was a lot of boring scenes. But I get why they needed to be there. They have a plan and right now all I'm mm-hmm. seeing is the plot. So I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. We had to touch down with everyone. Yeah. I never really enjoy the little scenes when they're home alone or home with their families. I know that's mean to say, but they're boring. Yeah, we need group scenes. That's what this show's about. That's what all Bravo shows are about. Yeah. Before we move on to Beverly Hills, do we want to talk about the fact that Ariana thinks that Billy Lee is now living in her house with Scandival? Yeah. So she's obviously over a lot. Mm. They're, they're besties or are they dating Tom and Billy Lee? Well, 
everyone thinks they're dating because of the rumours that were swirling around about them years before. Yeah, I also just think Billy Lee's a bit of a desperate person and just wanting to attach herself to the limelight. Yeah, I don't discount that. And I also think that Dickhead One can't be alone. Mm-hmm. He's one of those people that can't be alone. I can't stand that. Or if there's someone that's going to kowtow to him and say, oh, you're the victim, oh, you're right, he'll want to attach himself to that person. Yeah. I don't necessarily think Billy Lee would be saying that. Not that I fucking know her, but I just think, like, she was pushing the narrative when they first started hanging out by saying, like, I was friends with both of them and I'm not going to drop him just because he fucked up. Oh, right. That's fine, but at the same time, that means that Ariana's going to cut you. You know that. That's the deal. Don't tell me you're not picking a side because actions have consequences and you are picking a side. Mm. I don't really like this Billy Lee. No. Like, I remember her on the show and I don't think I liked her and now I hear like some podcast ads, like an ad for her podcast, and she's like, hi, it's Billy Lee. Oh. Listen to my podcast. And I just think as if, as if I mm. ever would. I'm not listening to fucking Rachel's. Why would I listen to yours? I just think the goal yeah. to go on an ad on a podcast and say, hi, it's Billy Lee, and then not back it up with from Vanderpump Rules. It's like, am I meant to know who Billy Lee is? And yes, I do. But it's just like, who do you <laughs> think you are? Do you think you're Cher or Madonna? Like, give me a last name, bitch. Like, uh, <laughs> how dare you assume that someone listening to a podcast knows who you are when you're on one season of Vanderpump Rules? Like, excuse me, get off your high horse. You're not God. Do you want to talk about how this Kyle and Morgan seem to be Splitsville? No, they're not. Morgan's, What's going on? Morgan scrubbed her Insta because she's about to come out with a new album. It happens all the time. But then didn't Kyle scrub it too? Oh, okay. Apparently Kyle scrubbed all the photos of Morgan from her Insta and I don't follow Kyle, so I don't know if she had well, any. What has that got to do with Morgan's album release? Because that's what Morgan was. Morgan's camp was saying. I could be spinning fake lies here, but that's just what I heard. I'm with you. Oh, do you reckon they I'm, broke I'm up? I'm not going to bring myself to look at Kyle's Instagram and check. <laughs> do you reckon they broke up here? I'm going to look at Kyle's Instagram and check. I reckon they might have broken up if they were ever together, which they were. Am I seeing any Morgan Wade photos? No. Well, you can scrub an Instagram, but you can't scrub the tattoo off your body. So no. good luck with that. I'm really not seeing any Morgan Wade photos, but then I don't know how many she had of her on there before. Yeah, you know me I mean? neither. Yeah. There's a lot of obviously housewives photos. That's the whole point. I think the point is it smells of a stunt. I don't know if I believe yeah. this relationship, this turn and lesbian. I don't know. It feels like a stunt. It does smell of a stunt and potentially both of them scrubbing their Insta is making mm. people think, oh, okay, Morgan's coming out with an album. I should check it out. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. It does more smell of a stunt. Because, like, I don't know, was this Morgan, was she, like, very good or, like, popular or, like, do people know who she was? It's kind of country-ish, country-adjacent music, which, look, don't get me wrong, I love some country music, but not the poppy country kind. Mm, okay. Like okay. as poppy country as I'll go is like Cheryl Crow, which is clearly not country. I love Cheryl Crow. I know, right? Oh, yeah. now I'm going to listen to that today. <laughs> All right, shall we do the Beverly Hills? Sure. It's episode 14, Aches and Spains. I thought that was clever. Cute. We're back in Athbanya and we're at going to the church and Crystal's getting sick. I'm like, if that is not an omen to just stay away from church, people. Honestly. <laughs> so she's, Crystal's freaking out. She's catastrophizing because she thinks she's having a stroke. And yeah. so she's freaking herself out. No judgment. I catastrophize all, this, all the time, but don't tell me that's not what you're doing. Yeah. 
And why is Anna Marie saying to her and not the medic that we know that they have on standby? This was shitting me because the way they were all acting as if Anna Marie was there, like giving her chest compressions and like saving a fucking life. And uh-huh. then Anna Marie in confessionals, like, I think it's just a bit ironic since she was coming for my profession. Now I'm saving her life. And it's like, you did nothing. Yeah, you were holding a hand. Like, I get that she was being nice and like, you know, said a few comforting words, blah, blah, blah. That was a nice side of her, all that bullshit. But I'm still not buying it or that she did anything. And if you are a nurse, wouldn't you, like, because let's face it, anytime you're not feeling well and you're going to, like, say, a medical centre, you don't want a doctor, you want a nurse. They know what's going on. They're on the front lines. The doctor Mm. comes in later. I would Mm -hmm. always rather be treated by a nurse if I can. Sorry, Mm -hmm. they actually know shit. What I don't get is, why isn't Anna Marie saying to her, do you have a history of hypertension? Because that's what her symptoms are spelling out. Mm -hmm. So, Anna Marie, what do you know? I don't know. Because I know the nurses in my life, they would have known that shit. Yeah. I I don't know. Anna Marie likes to spin it that we're coming for her profession and it's we're not. We're coming for you yeah. using that as a line. Because like I said, the EMT finally arrives and says, oh, your blood pressure's high. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is if these are symptoms of a stroke as well as high blood pressure, isn't that something that a nurse would know? But you're not a nurse. You're a nurse anesthetist and you don't deal with this shit. And you probably forgot because the last time you dealt with that was in nursing school. So fuck off. like what a waste of a nurse you could have calmed her down this bitch thought she was having a stroke i know and she said that in front of her yes i was like this is not good bedside manner and also Anna marie you're taking like your medical advice from crystal now you're not telling her no sweetie it's probably your pre-diagnosed hypertension (laughs) like like what what good are you you just made it worse I don't know. I just thought it was car sickness. I was surprised that it was actually something bigger. Well, her hands were swollen up. It was obviously something. Wouldn't you, like, go to, like, check her pulse? Wouldn't that be the first thing you check? I don't know. Whatever. And then she's like, I want to go to the hospital with her. And a producer's like, we're going to send Gavin with her. And my thought (laughs) running through my... It's like, bitch, we need Gavin in the van. Well, the thoughts running in my head was, I'm assuming Gavin's going because he speaks Spanish. Like, Anna Marie, you don't even speak Spanish. Why are you going with oh, her? Yeah. You don't know what's going on with her and you don't speak Spanish. So why are yeah. you going? You yeah. dumbass. <laughs> anyway, Erica, okay, they need to get off Erica's jock for this scene because Erica's like, I already prayed this morning. I don't want to go into a church. I don't want to do this shit. And all of a sudden they're saying, don't call a church shit. Oh, I thought she was saying that while everything was going down with Crystal, she went inside to the church. <laughs> she was like, I'm not going to fucking wait around in the beating sun. But then uh. what I don't get is why are they saying to her she called the church shit? She didn't call the church shit. She said, I don't want to do this shit again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like talk about a game of telephone. Yeah, and I could do without this whole church scene, to be honest. I know, church scenes and kids scenes, it's not for me. It's not for me. No, but Sutton is so trying to make church happen. She's yeah. just like, right, we're going to do this. It's like, mate, let it go. Their friend almost died in front of them. I think it's time for a cocktail, not mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they just travelled all the way up that fucking mountain to get to the church. You may as well pop in. I'm surprised Dorit went in because it's not like she could, like, take pics for the gram. Mm. If we do get this whole Erica in confessional bit, 
because obviously she had to explain to us, no, I wasn't calling church shit. She seems to be acting all like the ladies should be the ones asking her for forgiveness and not the God. Yeah, well, Erica does have a God complex, so that would be part of it. And Sutton and Kyle do have a really sweet touching moment together in the church. Kyle talks about Lorraine, Sutton talks about her dad, and that's when Sutton apologises to Kyle for not being a good friend through her loss, which I agree she wasn't when you think about it. And I do love me some Sutton and I'm not partial to to some Kyle. But, yeah, like she just lost her best friend. Give a girl a break. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that Kyle's just like took that apology and then did not offer one back. She did, did say you have been a good friend. It's like don't say that. You're sending a mixed message. Just say thank you and move on. And I'm sorry too would be nice, but whatever. Sorry about what? <laughs> well, she said she had an eating disorder and she was an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, wasn't that Dorit? That was Dorit. Well, where do you think that's all coming from, from oh, Kyle? Okay. So we get to move on to lunch in Old Town, Barcelona. But before they're in the van going there and they FaceTime Crystal and she's on a drip and anti-nausea meds and she's feeling better, blah, blah. And Anna Marie's acting like she saved her life. A hundred percent. And we do get pretty scenes of Old Town and the tour guide name is Manolo. And Dorit, our, our privileged, sweet, simple Dorit, asks, Como Blanik? It's like, <laughs> really, bitch? As if this guy knows who Manolo Blanik is and why does he fucking care? The dude's singing and playing the guitar. Well, no, he's trying to sing. He did not have the greatest voice. I didn't need the singing part. I, it did seem like he was just the um, concierge at a restaurant or whatever. What do they call that at the restaurant? An usher? No, the concierge, yeah. Concierge, that's right. Yeah, because so. yeah, he just led them to their table. Oh, a host. Like, oh, they call it a host. Yeah. I, I was recalling <laughs> my Vanderpump Rules training, a host. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, why is the host out on the street with a guitar just to walk them to the table? I guess it's a nice bit of theatre. Well, the lower third, like or Chiron, whatever you want to call it, said tour guide. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think it was just a guide to the table. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hope they tipped him. Yeah. And then Kyle asks, like, where Hermes is because she reckons that that is the compass to her in any town. I'm like, bitch, you are in a town that is arguably <laughs> older than Rome itself. <laughs> What's with the shopping? Like, I, okay, I get if you see something cute, you want to remember the place, and when we're all being tourists, we buy some absolute useless crap. I get it. Either go into a shop and I get a shopping scene. I don't want to hear them talking about wanting to go shopping for some reason. It really irks yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I think the OnlyFans segments are more funny when we're talking about Denise's daughter and not a shop selling OnlyFans. Exactly. Yeah. They're at lunch. They're talking about shit that doesn't matter, like Anna Marie's kids. Oh, what did you think about her calling her husband daddy when the kids are around? Do people do that? I think people – well, I've, I've heard people say dad more often. Yeah. Um, but I guess dad – I guess that's fine. But what, kids can't learn your husband's name? Like what's the problem? Yeah, there's that too. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just a thing people do. Oh, I think it's a creeper-do thing and I would have laughed in my napkin too. <laughs> Who's your daddy? I'm like, they cheers to Crystal and Anna Marie starts talking about her and the fake doctor accusation from Crystal. Oh, God, enough. And she decides that it's hurtful, but right now what's important is that Crystal's okay. I'm like, you're making it about yourself, Anna-Marie. You really are a perfect housewife. But, like, every time we do the flashback, that's not what Crystal said. I know. She's got the worst memory of anybody. She really does. She's hopeless. 
And Garcelle starts talking to Dorit about the Taco Tuesday thing. She just wants to wrap it up. She wants mm-hmm. to she wants to fully move on. And it did work because I think someone told Dorit, next time Garcelle brings this up, you really got to pay attention, which is good because she does. And she's like, all like, I wasn't thinking about race. It's like, bitch, that's the whole point. I know. And I think Garcelle sort of just let it go. Garcelle gives her so much grace. Because Garcelle really wants her to get it. And I just, I feel bad for Garcelle because she's having to do a lot of work for this. Mm. And I don't think that's fair, but I, I get it. You're on a TV show with her. you got to make it work. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought Dorit was digging up again when she started talking about her own life, but Garcelle took it. She was like, okay, I get something about you. Yeah. She let it be a cool bonding moment and they hugged you got to have baby steps with Dorit, I think. Well, I guess also Dorit was trying to say, you know, I haven't, as much as I am sheltered, I haven't had a totally privileged life. And I get that people get their back up when they've had adverse experiences and they're like, no, I'm not just sitting pretty up here. Mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, the next scene is post-lunch where... They want to go shopping, but Sutton is like, we don't have time to go shopping. But then they end up going shopping. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much does anyone need a 300 euro hand-painted intake fan? Y- you don't need it. Well, apparently Dorit needs it a lot because she bought seven. She needs to go to the bank and save some money and get out of debt is what she needs to do. I mean, seriously, like how much money do you think you have when you spend 2,100 euros on ugly-ass fans? Yeah, they weren't pretty. They weren't that great. I didn't mind the green one, but, like, what are you going to do with that fan? I know. We have electricity now. Like, get one of those portable fans with the battery. Are like, you what? really going to display it in a cabinet? You're not. They're just going to sit in your fucking junk drawer in your room. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a waste of money. She needs, like, to spend $2,100 on a private session with Marie Kondo. <laughs> and even Garcelle wants to buy jewellery. It wasn't that nice. It was, like, uber expensive costume jewellery. Mm-hmm. And Carl buys a fucking ring that doesn't even fit her. What is going on? <sighs> she, her whole big thing is she buys herself jewellery, remember? She has a shopping addiction is her whole thing. <laughs> She's basically going, before I get divorced and Mo tries to screw me out of my money, I'm going to be spending it on some crap. And speaking of which, I was listening to an interesting Lex Friedman podcast and he had a lawyer on his show. They got into the topic of prenups and this guy says, and I don't know who it's about, but I found it very interesting when he's like, would I be surprised to hear about people who don't have prenups? And he's like, no, what you would be surprised on is the amount of people who say they don't have one but they do have one. Mm. And he says the words, when I'm watching Andy Cohen Mm. and I hear these women on his show say they don't have a prenup and I say to the TV, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, what do you mean you don't have a prenup? It's in my desk drawer in my office. Mm. And I want to know who he's talking about. Teresa. I don't know why, but for some reason I just immediately thought of Kyle. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily think Kyle would have had a prenup. But I can imagine she'd have a post-nup. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's just my thought. But, yeah, maybe Teresa. Well, that's just where my mind went because she that was a whole big thing at Reunion, wasn't it, where Andy's like, you need to get one, and she's like, nah. You're so right. She probably does have one. Oh, you're Although clever. Although she, she might not. <laughs> no, she might, yeah. She's dumb as bricks. <laughs> anyway, they go back to the house. Crystal's there. Again, it's confirmed she has high blood pressure. But she still cries and says it was scary because she thought she was having a stroke. I'm like, yeah, because Anna Marie, the nurse, didn't remind you that you have hypertension. 
And I guess it's scary as well because you're in another country, blah, blah, blah. And you don't know what's going on with you. But then I'm thinking, why doesn't she know it's her high blood pressure? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They get glam before dinner. Garcelle can't stop talking about the paella. Fair enough. Who doesn't fucking love paella? Mm -hmm. Sutton is going on about shadows being cast over Mercury. Okay, God bless. She's rich. She She can do that shit. Yeah. Some people in the Mercury in retrograde, they really can't get over it. Well, I don't think it's a thing. Like, I think it was they came up with the concept of retrograde in like the 1300s or whatever when they didn't have like better science. Right. Like, and now it's like, oh, retrograde is just the movement of a planet and it happens like all the fucking time. So it's just, it's a very easy cop out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag science. And even though Crystal is overseas on a girl's trip, she's still having to do scenes with Rob. We don't need to watch her FaceTime Rob. Okay. Move on. Like really. She's been through something. Yeah. I get that she's been through something, but why is that a scene? Well, that's true. We do care that production makes Kyle FaceTime Mo and all she wants to know about are the kids and the dogs. <laughs> so that's their relationship in a nutshell. Yeah. And Erica is in glam and bitch is already drunk and I'm living for it. She was so funny. I know, right? She's going on about Sutton's erudite friends and tells her, okay, this is what I don't get. I need to ask. When she says the words shouldn't have been talking shit about me in those earrings, reversal of fortune, honey, I told them. Is she talking about Sutton or Crystal? I think both and I think Garcelle. Because if she's talking about Crystal, is she trying to say that she, inverted commas, almost died and that's her karma? Is that what she's trying to say with the reversal of fortune, honey? (laughs) Maybe. Like Crystal's now gotten bad fortune because Sutton's not having bad fortune tonight. I don't know what's going on here with this. If that's what she means, that's fucking dirty. I tend to blank out when Eric is talking about the earrings because I just can't anymore. And it's like, I want to like you right now. And so as soon as she starts talking, I'm not listening to the words she's saying. Fair enough. But if that is what she said, she's crazy. Okay, so these erudite friends arrive. I'm like, can we just say the smart people? I know. Sutton's smart friends arrive and Erica is drunk and loving on everyone. I'm just living for this. Garcelle meets Chef Storm's dad. I mean, daddy. And she thinks he's – look, he is definitely hotter than than Storm. The dad is hotter. But if you're going to have a fling, wouldn't you want to have a fling with someone that doesn't need the little blue pills? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe because I'm old and therefore my boyfriend is also now old. So it's like, what are you doing, Gus? Garcelle's <sighs> looking for a husband. She's not looking for a fling. And this is Garcelle's problem. Oh. We have dinner and the best part about dinner is fucking Erica. I'm sorry. She was killing me. And I did like how – she was actually, yeah, present in the conversation. She was working the table. She was coming out with facts and, like, tidbits. The smartest <laughs> thing that Dorit ever said is it's like watching Drunk Rain Man because that is exactly what, what it was it like. Because like. yeah. the whole time Erica's talking, I'm waiting for her to embarrass herself. But she wasn't. She didn't. I know. It's crazy. I'm like, if you're, like, this drunk, what are you, like, sober? Erica is smarter than we gave her credit for. I know. But she was really trying to prove it as well. (laughs) I know. But she wasn't overrunning the conversation. She was just Mm -hmm. saying the little tidbits and, as you said, she was really present. It was fascinating to watch. It really was. (laughs) And, like, she would ask them questions, whereas I think everyone else was sort of just ignoring them. Well, I think everyone else didn't know what the fuck these people were talking about. (laughs) Like... I mean, I don't think that most of them would know what a town planner does. 
Yeah. I mean, talk about a job that's self-explanatory. It was just killing me how Erica was like, there's a civil war there, right? And they were like, yes. And she was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> In front of the table was like, whoa, as if it's so hard to know if there's a civil war somewhere. When the woman at the table was like, oh, have you heard of this or do you know this? And Erica's like, mm-hmm. I think they were all waiting <laughs> for her to, like, put a foot in it. But no. Well, I mean, she was still hilarious with and drunk with calling Brooklyn a dump and everything. Oh. <laughs> there was de- lack of decorum as much as there was decorum. But the best part was like, can I say something? I know you love Merce, <laughs> but Merce was in a Ziploc bag. Merce is in the purse. is in the purse. I did enjoy Trevor as well. I, yes. I love how Trevor was sort of just like trying to spill the tea on Sutton. Yes, I did love that, that she was mean to me and she was bossy. I'm like, tell us something we don't know, Trevor. <laughs> tell us something we don't know. It's like, oh, Trevor, you watched the show. <laughs> exactly. No, it was fucking great. Do you know what's great? And I, I'm hoping that the edit that we saw of Erica is exactly what she was like through the night. I'm assuming that if she overran her mouth, they would have showed us that. Mm. And so I think think that Trevor et al. were absolutely stoked about drunk Erica. She was engaging. She was entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the purse. Poor Merce. I can't get over that. It is the stupidest, funniest line I've ever heard. <laughs> <Merce's> <laughs> <in the purse. laughs> I'm sorry. I just got the giggles. That was the best. And then... <laughs> dinner's over, you know, they all cheers to Spain, dinner's done, the ladies are like mucking around before dinner. Carl's like eating chocolate on her own in the kitchen. What a sad sack. Uh-huh. Darcel and Erica are hanging out, having a great time. Carl comes in, they spin out about drunk Erica. Night done. It was, it was a yeah, good night. It was a good night. No one had a fight and yet we were entertained. Yeah, that's funny. And then the next morning... Of course, Erica's hungover as fuck going, oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> Sutton delivers carnations to the ladies because they're all going to release them when she releases Merce from the purse. Mm. And that's when we get Sutton crying about the fact that she's overwhelmed about releasing these ashes because in her mind, the ashes of Merce are reminding her of her dad because she lost his ashes And, you know, she's coming to grips with the fact that her ex is moving away so that chapter of her life is done. And I get that because I think where the disconnect for me was is that I'm assuming that Christian, her ex, is in her life, not on camera, but in her life, her day-to-day life a lot more because he's around, whereas now he's not going to be. So when her son goes to visit his dad, he won't be there. So there's a lot of her life that's changing. I get that. And I can imagine just feeling terrible for losing your dad's ashes. Like, what the fuck? Like, ouch. Another tender moment between Kyle and Sutton. And I think they both needed that. They both needed that understanding because as much as Kyle doesn't want to admit it, she's kind of going through a loss with Mo as well. Oh, yeah. And it's plain for us all to see. It's a lot. It's kind of funny how one of the first scenes of the season Sutton was trying to explain to Kyle about the loss that she was feeling with her marriage. Oh, and Kyle didn't get it. And Kyle didn't get it. But the through line of the loss of their friends, I think Kyle is starting to kind of get it now, how the loss of one thing is amping up the feelings of a loss of another. Mm. And did Sutton also lose a sock? Because I noticed I loved the dog socks. Like there was a sock with like a dog's face on it or whatever, but it seemed to only be on one foot. Oh, I did not notice. What, in this scene? 
Yeah, let's see if if we pick up next week with this same scene or something. Have a look at her feet. I'm going back to have a look because I didn't. I couldn't take my eyes off those ugly fucking sneakers she was wearing with the flowers painted. <laughs> well, scan the eye up and see if there's a sock around the ankle because I think it was only on one foot. I was staring at those shoes just going, like money doesn't buy taste. Money doesn't buy your it taste. taste. <laughs> next time we get the releasing of the ashes and we get to see that they go all over them just like Sonia's dog. <laughs> so now Mercy's in all of their purses. <laughs> oh, I want some Mercy in my purse. And then <laughs> we can see that they're going to be back in LA as well and Kyle reveals to Dorit about the state of her marriage. Dorit obviously already knew, but Kyle's starting to open up about it now. Uh-huh. I kind of wish we would actually get some more Barcelona. Yeah, like I'm loving Barcelona. Seem- well, because they're not really fighting. They're actually having fun. Like this was a... No, but I mean, I'd like to see Barcelona. Like we're not seeing anything really. To see some España. Yeah. yeah. We really didn't get a lot of actual Spain, did we? No. Well, they're barely in, but they're in Sitges. Yeah. But we've barely seen that because they're in some Airbnb and then they go to Old Town Barcelona but not like New Town Barcelona. Yeah. I don't know. And we really didn't get a lot of Old Town Barcelona. No, we saw a fan shop. Yeah, and I thought it was funny because the place that they were in front of that the tour guide or whatever was telling them about was built in like the 20s or 30s. It's like (laughs) Old Town Barcelona is like 100 and something BC. So why aren't we getting more of that? Yeah. We literally had some 1920s, 30s building where the restaurant was in. That's what we saw. It's like, it's old town, not new old town. Mm. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, no, anyway. I never thought of that. I'm with you. Yeah, now I'm annoyed. I want more Spain. I want more Spain. These are my travel shows, you know. <laughs> I'm not watching Getaway. <laughs> Is that right. still on? I don't know. I don't watch peasant TV, so. <laughs> anyway. Well, are there any sizzies? Well, apart from the Billy Lee comment from Ariana, nothing terribly exciting. Nothing a lot of it's reca- like articles on the show episodes that we just watched, so there's that. But I just clicked on a Heather Dubrow article. So RHOC has already started filming, which obviously that's going to be interesting with the Alexis mm-hmm. Bellino stuff, obviously. Oh, no, nothing really. Okay. You know when it's like they write a whole article and it's like Heather Dubrow says it's going to be interesting because someone obviously asked her on a red carpet and then the rest of the article is a rehash of an article they've already written, which is yeah. the fact that Alexis Bellino is back. It's like, yeah, we already knew that. You're not telling me anything I didn't know. Oh, apparently Heather and Terry said to that Heather and Alexis have been getting really close over the last several years. So obviously that's going to be the through line that she's good friends. Mm-hmm. She's good friends with Heather Dubro, which obviously means Heather and Shannon are going to go at it again, which those two fighting is always good. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's my sizzle. Sizzle. Oh, wait, Luann. Luann was um, being interviewed on some podcast and going on about the fact that she wants to find a 40-year-old because guys her age basically can't get it up. Fair enough. <laughs> get her back on, Roni. Yeah. They're, they're my sizzles. Nothing. It's, I'm sure something exciting will come out in five minutes, as it always does. And on Traders Watch, we've lost a couple of housewives. Oh. Uh, Phaedra's still going strong, and so is Sheree. What app is Traders on? It's um, on the internet. It's on the internet. This is why I don't get to watch it. Yes. So uh, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at effing bravo. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And you can also shout us a coffee if you so wish. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash 
Bravo, bravo, effing bravo. That's effing E-double-F-I-N-G. And if if you've liked our content over the past few years and you'd like to shout us a hot beverage, you can do so. No obligation, but we'd appreciate it. I'm, I'm getting rosé with that shit. I'm not fucking getting an actual coffee. <laughs> Buy us a rosé. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Buy me a coffee. I don't want a coffee. I want a rosé. What do you think I am, James Kennedy? Him and those double espressos, that is not good for him. May two double espressos. Like I know his body is probably used to a lot of stimulants, but like I couldn't do coffee at night. Anyway, so on that note, thanks, Mariana. Uh, thanks, Nathan. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.